You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello and welcome to episode 168 of the Soul Forge podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hello, everybody. It's Sean back at you with another episode of The Soul Forge. This week, I've got a special guest. He's a fellow podcaster. His name is Jeremy Wilcox. He decided to reach out to the podcast because he wanted to talk about his childhood, his upbringing, how he overcame certain things. And the impetus, the reason for this is he listened to the Unica, the Unica episode, uh, the Glowing Up book author, and he decided, you know what? I've been following Sean for a while. I I'm going to go ahead and be on SoulForge. And all you listeners out there can go ahead and do that. Just send me an email, send me a text. Love to have you on the show. How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing pretty good, Sean. Doing pretty good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, now, we just did a little mini segment earlier in the recording for the Rusted Robot podcast. Because uh, you, you're also a podcaster, you are the host of the Fandom Squad podcast, which recently got its start. Yes, like, I think we've only been out uh, probably less than a month and a half. Ah, okay, so brand new. It's your first ever podcast, and how are you enjoying that? I'm enjoying it very well. It's a little more difficult than I planned, cause, but I get spurts every now and then for ideas of things. I'll just be at work, and I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me write that down for an episode. It's not as easy as grab a mic and just start talking as you would think it would be. No, it's, it's it's definitely not that easy. There's there's lots of behind the scenes stuff that people just don't know about, which you're which you're now learning, which is awesome. It's always good to have another uh, podcaster in in the uh, podcast land in the podcast sphere. Hey, weird podcast people! Join us every week on the Flopcast for a half hour or so of silly conversation about comics, music, Saturday morning cartoons old movies and TV shows, and chickens. It'll be our little secret. Find us at flopcast.net and on the ESO Network. But we're not here to talk about podcasting. We're here to talk about you. <laughs> yes. Like you said, uh, before we started recording, you listened to Unika and her life story about how she uh, was in foster care, how she uh, became a stripper, how she turned her life around, became a self-help uh, author, and she's doing much better now. I I'm, I'm assuming that you were not a stripper, but you had a similar uh, difficult childhood? Yes, definitely. Uh, I did not, I was not in the working girl industry, uh, but I did have some issues growing up. I was very due to the trauma of the abandonment issues from when I was an early age, my parents, they got a divorce and I was separated 
from my dad and I, my mom moved around a lot and just kind of went from person to person and it just wasn't a good situation. And at that time I had just lost my grandfather who was pretty much a father figure to me. Mm. And from that, it caused me to, I, like most people, I, as a child, I took to food and I kind of ate my pain away. And from then it kind of led through some other issues with the eating and the gain weight from bullying and just the self all over image of myself of for them. It was one of the, the big things for me when my mom, I was at a, my mom, I was at my summer with my sister's house and I got a call from my mom and she had moved in with another guy and pretty much told me that there's no room for you here. And I was already at that time. My mental state was not great. And it kind of put me in a state of how can anybody ever love me if the person that are supposed to love me the most don't want me. And how old would you have been at this point? I started when I, when I started with the, the mental health and the, just the image with myself being, you know, the, let me put it with the mental health with like the, the chubby fat kids stage was about five to six. And then when this happened, I was around 11 years old. So it was a five year in between from when I was just moving around with her and just the situation till that moment happened. Wow. Okay. Cause, cause I can relate to some of that. Like, uh, like I've said in previous soul forge episodes, my, my parents split up divorced when I was around five years old, lived with my mom, didn't see my dad that much. Mo- yeah. Definitely moved around a lot, but mom always made sure that, uh, her kids were with her. So I, I, I can't, I don't know if, what the right word is. I don't think I can relate to your story in that way. Uh, when you're 11 years old and your mom says, there's no room for you here. Like, I can't even imagine how that would make me feel. Yes. And with my sister, who I was with at the time, like, my mom, like, I was with my mom, but my sister, because I'm the baby of five kids, and she is my, the oldest sister from my mom's first marriage. And she kind of, when we were growing up, because my brother had moved off, and my other sisters didn't live with us anymore, but she kind of, through that, even though I was with my mom, she was the one who was kind of the mama bear who took care of me when my mom was not being the responsible adult that she should have been. Uh, of course, I got gotcha. you. So she's my sister has always been sort of the, like I told my my girlfriend now who's helped me out a lot with my mental health and stuff that, yes, my, I love my mom and that's my mom, but to me, my sister is like my guardian angel. what I call her. Like she's my mama, the one that took care of me, the one that is my the one that is my nurturing character. Right. So you have a special relationship with her because she was the one who took care. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so there to be the one who kind of cared and took care of me when I needed it the most. Right. Right. Between the ages of five and eleven, that's when you started to use food as a coping mechanism. Yes, I pretty much I went from a little small skinny kid, to probably about. I pump up 60 pounds to when I was from 5 to 11, I went from 60 to almost 230 pounds at 11 years old. Wow. Okay. That, that's, that's quite significant. Um, and were, were there any uh, other people in your life that were noticing these changes in you that wanted to help or were you pretty much on your own besides your sister taking care it, of you? Well, it was her and my grandma and my sister's husband. They, they saw that there was problems there and they, did what they could and because we 
we there was not really we didn't have the money financially for counseling at the time, mm-hmm. which I got it later on, which helped a lot. But we just you know they talked to me and asked me if I needed you know if I if I could talk, but it was still kind of hard for me to talk about things. And they were there for me, but there was only so much they could do that I would let them in on. Right, of course. And I guess you were a, a shy, quiet kid. Yes, definitely for sure. I was the introvert. I, I play outside, but I was more the. I'll try to make friends, but I want to, you know, I want to stay to myself because I don't. I because of the moving and stuff. I never. I had friends, but I never stuck because I'm like, oh, I don't want to get these relationships because I know I'm probably going to move or something like that, and I, I, it would be better for me not to just get attached. So nothing ever felt permanent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I can relate to that as well. Actually, I, I have some stories that uh, I won't get into on this episode. But uh, so after you were eleven, uh, what what was the major thing that happened? You, you you moved in with your sister and her husband. From there, it was in my sister. She said it was the hardest thing she had to do. It was I had to grow up really fast because it was one of those things where mom saw that without me there was no. So there was no money come. There was not the money that she was getting from that. And she wanted to fight for me. Yes, I know she wanted me, but it was, I could tell it was more about the money. And my sister had to literally stand up and fight. And I had to choose at a young age, who do I want to live with? And that was an ultimatum. My sister told me, she was like, hey, I'm going to love you no matter what you choose. But I know that they're offering you all these gifts and things to come live back with them. But here I know this is where you felt home and stable. And eventually I made the choice that this is where I felt home and I stayed with my sister. And it hurt my mom and my sister. It was the hardest thing she had to do, but she had to pretty much show a case of why I did not need to live with my mother. Mm-hmm. My grandma at the same time was the same. thing was a big part of that. She, My grandma had a literally a filing cabinet of everybody's files and my sister said it was kind of like, oh, no, because my mom thought she was going to win because she was the mother and she had a small folder. And my grandma had this big filing case thing that she had with everything, documentation and everything. Wow. OK. So so then what happened after after the court case? You you moved in with your sister. And how long did you stay with her for? I stayed with her from 11 until I graduated high school. When I was 21, and the reason I graduated high school later on, but due to the moving, I was held back in fifth grade and in kindergarten due to all the moving and things. So I was a little bit later when I graduated, but I stayed with them from 11 till I was 21 when I graduated, and then I moved uh, where I am now for work. Okay, okay. So you had uh, you had a good amount of stability for those 10 years, so that's good. Yes. Um, now, was there more trauma or uh, difficulties during that time, though? You, you mentioned something about bullying. Yes, it was the bullying, which it was a stable home, but due to the past things, there still was some mental problems I was dealing with and the bullying and just the the overall feeling of things. Like, I know they loved me, but it was still the, the same feeling. Like I, like I told my girlfriend, like, yes, I know you say you love me and all that, but I still had that feeling of, if they can't love me, how can anybody else? And even though I know I had people in my life that loved me, I still struggled with those. It can't be real. They can't truly love me. And it was just a battle I battled with. And I even uh, battled with self-harming as well. Because, in that. because you felt like if, 
if you didn't love yourself, how could anybody else love you? So, so you took it out on your own self. Yes. And how? And I didn't you... like the way I looked at myself, so I kind of was like, you know, abusing myself because I didn't like the way that I looked. But I knew the way that I looked, it was because I was broken, and I felt like I, I would always be broken. Right. Okay. Okay. And it, it felt like there was no way out. Yes. So how how long did the the chubby kid phase last for, and and the bullying? It was probably middle school into high school. Like I wasn't like really bullied in the high school, but I was definitely I had friends, but I was definitely the the outcast kid because one I was the you know the the chubby loner kid, but I also I was like kind of like where I went to school, I was the one who was not. I was like the poorest kid pretty much. Mm, right. And you were, you were a little bit older than your classmates too, I guess. Yes. Which made it a little bit more awkward as well. I, I can only imagine. So, so then what happened? Uh, you, 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 you finished high school, you, you moved to where you are now for work. How did things start which is, changing? Which, yes. Which is a weird thing now because where I live now, I'm talking at my own place. I'm actually staying with my mom and my, my stepdad at the time being while I'm saving to get my own place because it was kind of after high school. I'm like, I know I don't want to leave my home, but I know this is, this is where I need for work. And I wanted to try to, since I was older, I wanted to try to reestablish a relationship since now that she was in a stable marriage for at least 10 years and which is big for her. And I want to try to reestablish a relationship so I could have somewhat of a relationship with her because same with my dad, I'm, in a good relationship with him now because it was for a long time extraneous because my, my sister, my brother from my dad, from my mom's side, they had lost their dad a couple of years ago to onset diabetes. And my brother at the time did not have a good relationship with his father. And he, till that day, I saw what that did to him, not having a good relationship with his father passed away. And I didn't want to have to go through the things that he went through battling that. So you, you put the differences aside and you, you reached out to both your mom and your dad. Yes. And at the time before that, I did go through a little bit of some counseling to help with things. And they told me one of the things to do was to forgive them, even if they don't understand, just to forgive them. It was pretty much forgiving them for my, even if they didn't understand, it was forgiving them to make me feel better. Right, right. To to release your own pain, your own trauma, even if it had nothing to do with them, it was for your own mental health. Yes, even if you didn't, even if they didn't see what they were doing was wrong or what they did was not the right thing. For me, it makes me feel better knowing that I forgive you for what you did, even though you didn't know you were doing that. Right. Okay. That's that's awesome. That's uh, that's positive. That that helps a lot of people actually. So now you're uh, now you've you're living with your mom. Uh, you're reestablishing that relationship. There's been forgiveness on both sides, and everything's going okay with that. Yes. And like recently, I had just got my first tattoo, and I was with my dad. I was speaking of the the harming and stuff, and the tattoo artist said I was doing pretty good because it's on my my forearm on my left-hand side and the guy was like you're doing pretty good in my and he said have you ever self-harmed and my dad was standing next to me and I said yes and my dad looked at me and said I never knew when we hugged it out and I explained to him what during those years what happened because he didn't know that I was going through that type of mental things and he apologized and said I'm sorry I didn't know it was as bad as it was but now we have 
we're having a good relationship. Like we were just talking earlier about going to dinner once COVID is coming down and we're, we are back to where we were when I was a kid, when I was like probably six or seven, when we had that good bond relationship. Oh, good. So everything's working out. Now, tell me about uh, this this girlfriend of yours and how she's been supportive and how things have changed with that. Well, we've got together. We met probably a couple months before COVID. We actually met through Facebook dating and we just kind of hit it off. And we've been together now September. This coming September will be, I think it's either five or six months together. And we just... I could tell that she has been in bad relationships as well. And we both give each other the, the affection and the, it's going to be okay. And the affirmations that we both needed from our broken, our broken selves and the things that we encourage each other. Like for instance, she doesn't think that she's beautiful. So I always like, I always make sure to an effort to tell her that she's beautiful. And the same for me because of my issues, like, I look at myself different. I know that I'm not that chubby kid anymore, but I still have those, ah, uh, this looks horrible on me. I don't like it. But she also gives me that affirmation of, you look good. I know you don't see it, but you look, you look good. And we just kind of give, we have the relationship that we both were looking for and that we needed for our mental health. And we're just kind of, like we said, the perfect halves. And we're both religious and we both feel that we were, both prayed for that person that could be that for us. And we feel that we give that to each other. That's awesome. So it's like a, a mutual support society of two. Yes. That's, that's great. Cause when you can find that, that's, that's important. And you're, and you're fairly young. So to find it that early, that's uh, that's even more impressive because you're, you're what, 25 or so? Uh, yes. 25. I'll be turning 26 in December. Okay. So there you go. So that's terrific. Uh, and she's actually uh, joined you on your podcast, hasn't she? Yes, yes. And for the podcast, she is more of the, I like, I like horror, but she's more of the horror and um, stuff like that. And I'm more of the sci-fi geeky side. So we kind of, she helps me out with that. When I started, she's like, hey, do you mind if I do a signal? I'm like, yeah, you are the one who, in, who told me I should do this. So she... I was like, I'll let you do the horror stuff and you'll be my co-host for those. And she enjoys it as well. And she likes seeing how happy it makes me. Oh, good, good. When when you have somebody who encourages you in your in your hobbies, that definitely helps. Um, so is, is there anything else that you wanted to tell us, discuss? Um, anything else that we should know? Uh, just that if you're having issues with mental health or self-harming or any of those Find somebody that you can find in because there's always help that you can get. There's there's always a way. You don't have to fight alone. There's You can always have help. And there's hotlines. I don't know if they're the same here in America as they are in Canada. I know there's different lines for different things. And find that someone like for me, because of our relationship, me and my sister are super close. There's nothing that I can't tell her and that she can't tell me. So that just it's just one of the things that just – if you're having these, let somebody know you don't have to fight this battle alone. Excellent. Excellent advice. I'm very grateful and appreciative that you decided to share your story with us. If any of our listeners would like to listen to your podcast, once again, the name of that show is? Fandom Squad Podcast, and you can find it on all the podcast distributors uh right now i know the two big ones that we are on are apple podcast and spotify and if you have an android there is an app called double pod and it can also be found on there as well
Perfect. Thank you very much. Appreciate you coming on to the Soul Forge and sharing your story with us. Listeners, thanks for listening to Jeremy's story. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for listening and sharing all the links with everybody you know. So take care. And remember, expecting things to change without putting in any effort is like waiting for a ship at the airport. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Soul Forge podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated, and we hope you'll tune in again next time. Remember that you can visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links. And don't forget to share the show with everyone you know. The Soul Forge Podcast is your best source for living your best life. Think about it. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.